Pentecost Sunday. And I'm excited. I truly am. I'm glad that it's Pentecost Sunday. I'm glad that we at least get a day on the calendar. I say we. I'm just glad that it's acknowledged on the calendar. Unfortunately, it shares the same month as other things, but that's okay. I want to begin with reading you something. If you would, just remain standing for a couple of minutes. I'm going to give myself a timer today, if that's all right. I have been turning into my father, which there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But I'm going to give myself a timer today. Pentecost. You can find this on your tablet or searching Google as well, but something I want to bring to you, I, this is, I don't know which one this is, this is many of them, I've searched it a lot, Pentecost, what is it? But I want you to listen to something that it says, Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest. This is where there were two harvests each year. The early harvest came during the months of May and June. The final harvest came in the fall. Pentecost, again, listen to this word, Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early weeks wheat harvest, which meant that Pentecost always fell sometime between or during the middle of the month of May or June. Listen to this. There were several festivals, celebrations, or observances that took place before Pentecost. Talks about the Passover. Feast of first fruits. And it just continues to go on. But you can read through here in celebration, celebration, celebration. And I am not, if you study that, all has meaning. All is good stuff. It's wonderful things that happen. But as I read these things, that word celebration just kept on coming out to me. We celebrate Christmas. And then it's over. We celebrate birthdays, and then they're over. We celebrate anniversaries, and then it's over. We celebrate other things that are on the calendar, U.S. calendar, or other country calendars, and then it's over. And this celebration had a beginning. And it had an ending. I want to help us today to understand that the experience that happens at Pentecost, that happened at Pentecost, 
did not end. There was no ending. You read about it. The day of Pentecost. It happened. But it's not over. You read in the Bible in Acts 2. And it, in my Bible it says the day of Pentecost. And you read about everything that happened. You get all the way down to Acts 2 and verse 38. And the one that we hang our hat on and we're excited about. And the, crowd, the crowd's response to what happened on the day of Pentecost. But ladies and gentlemen, when you get finished reading the verse 47, it's not over. Pentecost is still happening today. The experience that happened that we read about in verse 38 and 39, it's still happening today. And guess what? Tomorrow is not Pentecost Sunday, but Pentecost is happening on Monday, anytime that you want it to happen. Wednesday afternoon, when you get finished eating your lunch, Pentecost can happen right then. When you come and fill your time slot for your 24-hour prayer week this week, Pentecost should happen right there and smack dab in the middle of your one-hour time slot, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you can do. Pentecost should happen right there. Though the meanings and the things and the... Everything we read about all through Exodus and, and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, all of that area, it's all important and it has great meaning. But listen to me for a moment, and this is just Darren Gilbert thinking here. Okay, just me thinking. This is me. If you're watching this, don't hold this to our church. It's me thinking. I feel like because maybe not for them, but I feel like when you go to Google, when you type in something about Pentecost, it talks, I'll just read another one. Listen to this. The Christian holiday of Pentecost is celebrated on the 50th day from Easter Sunday. It commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. So I, I, all of that other stuff's important, but the Christian holiday of Pentecost is celebrated on the 50th day from Easter Sunday. I feel like what they did, this is my thinking, what they did then, and it was such a celebration that it carried over to us in this time, in this age, is it's just a celebration. It's just something that we get excited about, and after it's over, after the day is gone, then it's over. And that has been put into our brain, our thinking, our psyche as a world, as a country. No, ladies and gentlemen, it is not just a day that we celebrate that God did something on that day. He poured out his spirit on that day. And that's the only time when that day's over we don't celebrate it anymore. No, no, no. A thousand times no. I want us to get excited about it this Monday, next Monday, six, 
16 Mondays from now, 20 Mondays from now, 20 Sundays. Every day we need to get excited and we need to celebrate. Pentecost. Because on that initial day, that inaugural day, that the Spirit of God fell upon the apostles was the beginning of something that I feel transforms every life if it's thought of how I'm talking about right now. Thank you. If it's thought about like what I've been saying that hey, today is more than just the day. It's every day. Then it can transform everything. Praise God. Thank you for remaining standing. You can be seated. I've used 10 minutes, and I haven't even started an intro, but that's all right. My title is very original today. It's, uh, I fought with myself, and I was getting nothing. And so today, I'm going to preach from this thought, Pentecost. Pentecost. Questions that are asked, and I hope that I can help you if you've read any books about Pentecost, if you've read any book, books that talk about the book of Acts, that these different things, you will hear a lot of those things here today. But questions, one question that would be asked an individual is, the Pentecostal experience, scriptural, is the Pentecostal experience, and I don't even like calling it the Pentecostal experience because it ha really has nothing to do with what we call this church, the Pentecostal church, okay? It's not ours. We don't own it. We don't have a deed to it. It's from the Word of God. The experience is very much biblical. Is this great Pentecostal revival that is sweeping across the nation, is it in God's Word? Is it according to God's Word? And I can give you the short answer, but I, I'm not just going to give you that one. But the answer to both of those questions is absolutely yes, it is scriptural. Yes, it is from God's Word. It is very much a biblical happening. And I will start with this. If you have your Bibles, you don't have to stand right now. I'm going to be reading lots of scriptures today. I will turn your attention to two scriptures that I referenced a moment ago. Acts 2 and beginning at verse 38. For those of you that have been around or those of you that have read about Pentecostal churches, you say, well, that's all they got, that's, all, that's where they hang their hat on. This is true, yes, but there's more to it, and we'll get to those other scriptures as well. But I just wanted to read something that I hope takes place here today. And I will preface this by saying, sir, ma'am, I encourage you to obey these scriptures. Obey them. Try them. See what will happen. 
Don't do it just because I said so. But as we read these scriptures here in just a moment, I want you to begin to hunger after doing what verse 38 says. So you can experience what 39 tells you that is your promise. It says this in verse 38. Then Peter, again, here on the day of Pentecost, then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is something that takes place. You begin to experience, ladies and gentlemen, the experience of Pentecost. You'll skip back to with me to verse, verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, celebration, all of that fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Look around you, ladies and gentlemen. It looks much like this. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, there's going to be a sound. Look at somebody and say, you're going to hear something. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire. And this is what I want you to get right here. And it set up on each of them. Somebody say each. Each, each of them. I was talking with Brother John a moment ago. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. And this fourth word in verse 4. And they were all. Somebody say all. all. Not six. Not 20. Not 100. But 120. Get me a count, somebody, how many we have in this room. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen to this. The experience. It said all. Everybody read that? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And all of them began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Somebody say all. Everybody. <laughs> say everybody. I don't know where that came from, but it makes me laugh. Everybody spoke with tongues. Everybody received the Holy Ghost. Everybody experienced a day of Pentecost on that day. Everybody had something happen inside of them that changed them forever. But I love it, ladies and gentlemen. It didn't stop there. 
They didn't quit there. They didn't say, this is it. No, they continued doing what they had been told to do a few days before. Little, not very far away from when he said, go wait for me. Go wait until you be endued with power from upon high. They said, you know something? There's something about this. There is something about what is going on right now in this room that we can't keep it in this room. We got to get it out of this room and we got to tell somebody about what's going on. There's 133 people. 35. The, the number keeps going up. I'm glad you texted me because my phone was on. I didn't know it. And that's not fun. 135 people in this room I believe all of us should receive the Holy Ghost before we leave this place right now. It is with much, again, satisfaction that both of the questions that I stated to you and I asked you or said that people asked a moment ago can be answered with an emphatic, affirmative yes. Yes, 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 a thousand times yes. This revival is biblical. The experience of the Holy Ghost is biblical. Talking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance to allow you to know that He's living inside of your life is very much biblical. Somebody shout amen if you do believe that today. If you're in the house and you're not convinced yet, that's okay. I'm glad you're here because I want to convince you before we leave this place today. There are two elements present in any true God-given revival. And that is spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. And ladies and gentlemen, the spirit of God has got to be evident if we are experiencing a biblical revival. I'm glad we baptize people in Jesus' name. I am glad people pray and have tears run down their face. But I want the spirit to be evident. I want to know that somebody is receiving his spirit into their life. And the only way that I can truthfully know that or you can know that as the recipient is that you begin to talk in other tongues as the spirit of God gives you the utterance. This revival that is sweeping across the country, it's sweeping across the nation, it's sweeping across all countries, this Holy Spirit outpouring is most definitely exactly what was prophesied in the Word of God. And I am telling you right now, I don't care if you want to or not, but this pastor is made up in his mind that we are going to be recipients. We are going to be a church that's standing in the outfield, waiting, ready for the ball to drop, waiting and ready for God to send the power of the Holy Ghost into this building. And we're going to do whatever we possibly can to make sure that we make every effort to be a recipient of what God is doing. I don't care if it's in small groups. I don't care if it's in outings. I don't care if it's in picnics. I don't care if it's at youth services or children's services. I want to be a recipient of the baptism of the Holy Ghost like never before. This is not in my notes. But I just quickened me a moment ago when I was standing over there and I began to read about it. The Bible says, Brother Patrick, that hey, you guys need to go and wait. 
Does anybody know the number of people that were there when that statement was made? So we understand there was a little drop off. Amen? And I just have to believe. I don't know this. Is this it biblical? Okay? I just know that there was a drop off from the encounter that said go and wait. All right? We know that there was 120 that were there when the sa suddenly there came a sound. Right? But it, my mind just thinks this way. Could there have been 130 that were there at first? I don't know. It's not biblical. It's just me thinking. I mean, that's a lot to lose. 500 to 120 just on the way. There could have been. I don't know this. Again, it's not biblical. I'm just thinking out loud. Is that all right? Anybody like to do that? I'm not adding to it. I'm just thinking. Could it be that there was 130 in the room? Could it be that there was 150 in the room? But some got sick of waiting. Some didn't like to wait. Some said, what are these people really doing here? What do you mean being dude with power from up on high? Is this, is this where's it coming? It's grass roof or, or what is going on? what's going to happen here on high? The conversation, no doubt, was probably a little different, Brother Tex, than what it would be here. They're, they're, most definitely, their skepticism. He's dead and gone, you crazy people. What's going to happen? What is he going to do? Who's going to give us something? Who, where's it going to come from? He's out of here. He left us. He left us high and dry. All that other stuff, I know, but I'm just telling you. There were 500 that watched him. What in the world? You seeing this? There's no smoke, no mirrors, no, no pulleys, nothing. Look at it. And then they turned around and no doubt, they doubted. No doubt as they walked and talked, he left us here high and dry. I don't know if that was the conversation. All I know that is that there were 500 and the Bible records only 120 and that was everybody because the Bible says they were all. They were all. So at the moment, as we read in Acts 2, the moment that suddenly there came a sound, there were 120 and that was it. But they got sick of waiting or they didn't want to make the trip or there was skepticism. Whatever the problems, whatever the issues were, they didn't make it to the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell somebody this. Don't get wary in your waiting. Don't get wary as you wait. I hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. My husband, my wife hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. My kids had Keep on going to the house. Keep on lifting your hands. Keep on looking to the heavens. Keep on believing. Keep on studying the Word of God. I get it. I get it. I'm 40 years young and I've seen the skepticism. I went to a high school where I was the only Pentecostal kid in the school. I get it. Y'all roll on the floor. We don't, we don't do that much anymore, but maybe we should, I guess. I don't know. Well, there are some people that do. Y'all talking tongues. Y'all crazy. Y'all running around the building. I, I get it. There's skepticism out there. But what I've told people before is when a day, the initial, the inaugural day happens for you. And you realize 
I'm going to tell you something. I would not be following the calling of God like I am right now if it wasn't real. I just know me. I promise you, I've got a trade and I could make a whole lot of money doing my trade. I can paint, I can take bed texture, I can do it. But that's not what God called me to do. God called me to tell somebody that the day of Pentecost is real. God told me to tell somebody that the gospel, the full gospel to the whole world has to be preached. God spoke to me when I was 15 years old and I tried to run away from every bit of it. But God spoke to me again and said, you better run to me. You better do what I want you to do. And I finally answered the call. But I promise you, I promise you I could do a lot more. But that's not what God called me to do. And it's real. And I still get overwhelmed. I absolutely love it when I see someone begin to talk in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance and you see their face change and you see them get great. What in the world just happened? I can't explain it, ladies and gentlemen, other than it's a real thing that really does happen. It's not emotionalism. I get beside myself because I go and, I go and watch it. Man, five minutes? Are you joking me? I'm going to cover that up. I get, I get beside myself when I watch a YouTube video and it talks about those that didn't believe it. I, it's fake and all of these different things. And I'm like, man, I've been there. It ain't fake. It happened to me. And it happens to me. And I can be on my knees praying like I was last night and the Spirit of God rush in. And I'm telling you, I can't explain it other than it really does happen. God shows up. He shows up and you just begin to talk in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance and you feel His Shekinah glory come to where you are. It's real, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to hurry. I'm not even off the first page yet. There are scriptures that prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that this experience that we have and anybody can have. It is not ours. We don't own it. As I said, we don't have a deed to it. There are scriptures that let us know that every bit of it is scriptural. And every bit of it is for us today. Everything that falls under the category of the experience of Pentecost. It's prophesied in the Bible. Isaiah 28, if you would help me out. I know I didn't get you my scriptures. Isaiah 28, verse 11. Get your Bibles. Get your phones. Go to it. You need to have this so you can read it someday for yourself. The Bible says it. It is, it is prophesied in his word, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that happens, what's going to happen here in a moment, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, that what's going to happen here in a moment is there's going to be men and women that come to this altar and you're going to experience this because I'm going to show you through Scripture that it's real and it's got to happen if heaven's going to be our home. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I just looked. I was standing over there and I saw Brother Bill come up out of that baptismal tank and I saw the presence of God filling him and I saw his wife get excited and I got excited and everybody was excited. That kind of stuff makes me crazy. 
I can remember, I can remember God love her and she's fallen away, unfortunately. But I can remember a young lady standing right here when we had our old platform design and, and she began to speak in other tongues and it overwhelmed her so much that she stopped and put her hands over her mouth, tears running down her face. And Brother Tex, I looked at her and said, no, it's okay, raise those hands. She raised them again and the presence of God hit her again and she began to talk in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave her the utterance. I don't know when she's coming back. I don't know where she's at right now, but I know that she knows that that was real. It's prophesied. Isaiah 28 verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Joel 2 verse 28 through 29. And it shall come to pass afterward. Listen to these two words. That I will. Those two words. Who is? Who's going to do it? I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Let me stop for a moment. All flesh. All flesh. Now when you're standing in the outfield... And here comes the ball. It's hit to you. If it's hit the middle field, it's hit to it's center. Or whoever can get there the fastest, really, it's supposed to be center field. But, hey, here it comes. You got to receive the ball. You got to open up the glove, open your eyes, and you got to receive it. The ball is going to be hit, ladies and gentlemen, to all flesh. But what must happen if you're going to be a recipient of that is you've got to open up that proverbial glove, if you will, and say, Lord, I'm ready to receive what you're about to give me. I'm ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to walk with it. I'm sure glad. I'm sure glad that those that learn how to play that game, they don't just keep it in their pocket and that's all they do. But they go teach their kids. They open up clubs and they teach other people about it. They tell other people, this is how you receive the ball. This is how you throw the ball. This is how you get it out to other people. This Pretty cool, huh? That's how they do it in the natural, in this worldly things. But I'm talking about the spirit. Let's receive the Holy Ghost. Let's receive it into our spirit. And then let's go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. And let them know this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon your servants and upon your handmaidens in those days. Listen, will I pour out my spirit? Let's go back. For with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? Will I pour out of my spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, he's pouring out his spirit today. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, he's going to pour out his spirit today. If you longing, if you desire that individual, that person, that man, that woman, that child, that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled with the spirit of God. And I encourage you today. 
just put everything aside. Put skepticism aside. Put what he thinks, she thinks, or what even you think aside. And lift your hands to Jesus Christ and let him fill you with his spirit today. The Old Testament prophecy, we have two scriptures that clearly describe the Pentecostal phenomenon. In the prophecy of Isaiah 28 and 11, we read that he, somebody say he, he, he will speak with stammering lips. He will speak with stammering lips in another tongue. Who is this one referring to? Somebody say he. he. Come on, look at your neighbor and say he. Apostle Paul, he gives us the answer in his epistle to the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 21. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 21. Take your time and get there. It'll be on the screen as well. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, will I speak unto this people. And yet for all, <laughs> Somebody say all. all. That will they not hear me, saith the Lord. This scripture shows us that it is the Lord himself who is using this means of speaking with other tongues and other lips. This scripture also states the value of stammering lips and other tongues by means of which the Lord declares he would speak. This is the rest. This is the rest, ladies and gentlemen. This is the refreshing. Verse 12 talks about it. It is the rest that the Lord promised to give the weary and heavy laden. So you're broken today, you're downtrodden today, you have all hell breaking loose in your family with your kids, your son won't live right, your daughter won't live right, your husband won't come to church, your wife won't come to church. Let me tell you something, you need to get full of the Holy Ghost again. You need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Do you think that's really going to help this situation, Pastor? Do you think that's really going to take care of it? I'm telling you, if you'll get full of the Holy Ghost, I know I'm just a screaming maniac this morning, but listen to me. I really do believe that, not just because I choose to believe that. I believe that because the Bible tells us that we're going to have rest. He promises the rest. We're the weary and heavy laden. That's why I tell you to pray about it. That's why your family leader tells me, hey, let, let's pray about it. I've already prayed about it. No, no, no. Let's agree together. Let's pray about it. Let's let the Holy Ghost come in and do a work that only the Holy Ghost can do a work with. Yeah. The second chapter of Joel, there is the prophecy of a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. When the 120 on the day of Pentecost, were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as we just read about a moment ago as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter declared, this is that. Somebody say, this is that. This is that. This is that. We 
just talked about it. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. What you're seeing, what just happened, this is what was prophesied. This is what was spoken about. What are you saying, Pastor Darren? It's real, ladies and gentlemen. Scripture just proved it. We just read through it. We just talked about it. It was prophesied, and then it happened. It was prophesied, and then 120 began to speak in another tongue as the Spirit gave the utterance. Praise God. Matthew 3 and verse 11. Let's look at what John the Baptist talked about. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he, he, somebody say he. He "He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. It's one thing, ladies and gentlemen, for it just to be a prophecy. It's another thing when that prophecy comes to pass. Does that make sense? The sky is orange. And nothing happens. But if I was to say, the sky is going to turn orange at 5 o'clock tonight, and it happened, man, this place would be fuller than it is right now. Everybody be like... Whatever you got to say, I'm listening. When it's prophesied and then it happens, there's validity. It's true. There's no doubt about it. Amen? I know it's scripture. I know you, not everybody's seen it. I know there's people in the house that have never received the Holy Ghost. I know there's people in the house that you've just been baptized and nothing ever else has happened. But can I tell you something? It's real because the Bible says it's real. It has nothing to do with TCOD of Denison. It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with pastor. It has nothing to do with the Pentecostal church. It has everything to do with prophecy in the word of God that came to pass. statement spoken by John the Baptist did not mention speaking in tongues it does speak of baptism of fire a supernatural phenomenon that was manifest on the day of Pentecost in the upper room I know we read but Acts chapter 2 and verse 3 listen to what it says And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. Clothing tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. Ladies and gentlemen, it was prophesied and then it took place. All I can tell you is 
We'll believe a sitcom. We'll believe the news anchor. We'll believe anybody else that tells us this is what we should do. Go turn the light switch on and the lights will come on. Well, I'm telling you, this is the infallible, unadulterated word of God. And it's telling us that this is what's going to happen and this is what happened. And I want you to know that Pastor Darren is saying this is what was spoken about. This is what was prophesied about. And it happened to me. And it can happen to you. And it can happen to your friend. It can happen to your husband and your wife. Sister Delise, I love it. I love it. I don't mean to embarrass you. I don't think you are. But I love it. And I don't mean this any disrespect. But at your age. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just talking about a lady that's lived for God. Man. Gone to church. Served him. Read his book. But man, something got a little curious about something. Wanted to know more. And so she began to study this during COVID when everybody was scared half to death. And she searched it and Googled where she could learn more about it. And she found out more about it. And she got baptized in Jesus' name. And the gift of the Holy Ghost fell in her life. And now it's changed her and it's changed her wonderful husband and it's going to change her family. It's going to change her grandkids. And there's no telling what can happen. There's no telling what's going to take place. I'm not talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about something that happened two and three years ago. That's prophecy, Brother Jordan. The Bible says if you'll hunger and you'll thirst, you shall, you shall be filled. I tear it up some more. Man, it's all falling apart. Man, I got to know where Paul's first journey started. I got to keep that. I remember I can't do that with that Bible. You may be seated. Man, I get so excited. I'll never walk through another store again, Sister Delisa, without remembering what Lay's potato chips are. This lady told me the first time I met her, I remember we were talking over in, praise God, we were talking over there in that hallway, and she told me, it's like a bag of potato chips. I can't stop reading it. I can't stop studying it. I wonder what would happen if you'd get hungry. I'll tell you what'll happen. You'll feel the power of the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Sister Delisa, it hadn't stopped there for you. Mark 16 and verse 17. And this is what has happened in her life. This is what happened with her and her husband and her friends. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Here, Jesus declared that speaking in tongues is a sign which will follow believers. Oh, it's not for us. It's not for this century that we're living in. Contrary to what they may believe, the Bible says, if you believe in Jesus Christ, it's going to follow you. 
Many have challenged the inspiration of this passage of Scripture. But early in the century, there were discovered ancient Greek manuscripts which have proven, somebody say proven, which have proven without question that the inspiration of the 16th chapter of Mark is real. It's for us today. It's for right now. If you're a believer, it's going to follow you. If you're a believer, it's going to take place. It's going to be evident in your life. Hallelujah. In that church that was in that upper room, all, 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 all spoke in tongues. All received the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Praise God. Acts 2 and 4. I want you to put it up on the screen again. I can't get past it. Jews, on the day of Pentecost, and they were all. Hold on. Let me look real quick. No, there's no small writing at the bottom that says this is for the Pentecostal church only. Do you, do you see anything? No, neither. All. I know that's elementary, ladies and gentlemen. But I despise the argument that was for that day. No, it's not for that day. Call me cuckoo, call me crazy, call me a, a Bible believer, Bible toting, tongue talking, whatever you want to call me. I'm fine with it because they said that's what it was going to be in the Bible. Jesus said that's how it's going to be in the Bible. I'm a follower of Jesus. I feel with the Holy Ghost. I'm excited about it. And I want you to have it too. Maybe seated. 14 minutes past my 30 minute time limit so bear with me I gotta hurry I gotta hurry I'm almost done in the record given in the historical book of Acts we read where those who were baptized in the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues they spoke in tongues Acts 10 and verse, verse 46 for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. In the record given we read that the Jews who were accompanied, who accompanied Peter to Caesarea were astonished that the gift of the Holy Ghost was also poured out upon the Gentiles. How did they know is the question. Oh hallelujah. Brother Philip, how did they know that the Holy Ghost had been poured out to the Gentiles? Here's the answer. I'm glad you all asked. For they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. The speaking in tongues, it was conclusive that the Holy Ghost had been poured out on the Gentiles. 
Let me stop for another five minutes or one minute here. Let me tell you something. How do I know? How does your mama know? How does your daddy know? Your sister, your aunt, your uncle know that you've been saved? It's not because you shook my hand and I said, I'm glad you're here and you joined First Steps. That ain't going to cut it. The only way that anybody is going to know that you are saved, the only way that God is going to acknowledge that you're saved, he said it in his book, that you're going to talk in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Call me a fanatic, ladies and gentlemen. It's the book. If you believe the book, stand to your feet. Remain standing. Acts 19, verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And listen, the Holy Ghost came on them. And they shook the preacher's hand and they joined first steps and then they went to deeper life and they started serving in the kingdom. No, sir. No, ma'am. That is not what happened. I want you to be a part of the church. I want you to serve in every capacity. I want you to sing. I want you to do everything. But that isn't what saves you. I don't care if you give $100,000 tie. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much offering you give. It doesn't matter if you adopt 35 kids from China or, or, or Africa or wherever you adopt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you give every homeless person in Grayson County $100,000. It doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen. They heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. Acts 19. Six. The Apostle Paul asked the Ephesian disciples, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? When they replied that they had not heard about the Holy Ghost, Paul gave them instructions. That's what I'm doing right now. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul then laid his hands upon them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. This was all the evidence that the apostles needed that the Holy Ghost had came to the Ephesians. That thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Just listen for a moment. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. Paul himself testified that he spoke in tongues. This certainly proves the fact. Somebody say the fact. Look at your neighbor and say it's a fact. Praise God. Look at somebody else and say not because the pastor said so. Proves the fact that tongues was evidence, was the evidence that Paul had been filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The Apostle Paul, I'm done, this is it. The Apostle Paul gave the Corinthian church some very clear instruction concerning the phenomenon of speaking in tongues. He said this, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, I 
Hallelujah. Read it for me really, really loud. It's up on the screen. Brother Trevor, I mean scream it loud. And verse 28. What? Somebody say what? what? Somebody say do what? what? One more time, brother. Come up here, brother. What? Somebody say what? Diversities of tongues. Diversities of tongues is one of the things set in the church. If we were to remove this, then we would be obligated to also eliminate teachers. Miracles, etc., etc., etc. Some of y'all gonna get that in a minute. First Corinthians twelve and ten. Diverse kinds of tongues is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians fourteen, verse five, verse thirty-seven. The apostle speaking at the command of the Lord of the Lord wrought. I would that that ye all speak with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. The apostle Paul gave the instruction, forbid not. Forbid not. Ladies and gentlemen, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let me put it to you this way. Chevy, Ford, everybody has them. Honda, uh, uh, is Mitsubishi even around anymore? I don't know. They, they all have these, these manuals that tell you what you should do and how you should do it. How you should fix the engine, what part is going to do it, what spark plugs you need, what kind of fuel has got to go in there. All of these things. And we don't question one thing. We look at it and we say, that's what we're going to do. And there are some that do question and they say, I could do it better. With your Ford and your Chevy, do that all you want to. But when it comes to this book, don't mess with it. Just do what it says and obey what it says and let take place in your life what needs to take place. I'm opening this altar right now. I want you to all come if you're able in body. I want you to come hand in hand with your spouse if you have one. If your children or your young adult is in the house, I want you to come with them right now. And I want you to lift your hands. And the power of the Holy Ghost here in just a moment is going to begin to speak. I'm going to bring Brother Jonathan. I didn't even warn him I was going to do this. I just felt the check in my spirit a moment ago to ask him well, I'm going to get him to come and speak the word of faith and as he speaks the word of faith the Holy Ghost is going to fall there's going to be men that have never received the Holy Ghost there's going to be women that have never, never received the Holy Ghost they are going to receive the Holy Ghost today it is going to happen today if you are ready to receive I talked about it right now as you stand in this altar you're standing in the outfield with hands lifted waiting and ready And when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, I want you to grasp it. I want you to hold on to it. And I want you to thank Him for what He allowed to happen into your life. 
sir, the promise is for you. Ma'am, the promise is for you. Come on, let's lift our hands all across this building right now. I want you to pray. What does the Bible say? Repent. I want you to begin to repent. God created me a clean heart. I'm turning away, oh Lord. I am turning away. I am making the conscious decision to repent, to turn away from how I used to live. I'm turning away from my skepticism. I'm turning away from my neglect. I'm turning away from not praying. I'm turning away from not coming to church. I'm turning away from all of that. And I want you to begin to ask him to forgive you for doing all of those things. Come on, right now. Come on, we're going to repent. We're going to repent. Brother Jonathan's coming here in a moment, and he's going to speak the word of faith. And he's going to speak into your lives. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. When he prays and he begins to speak it, I want you to lift your hands and your voice and allow the Holy Ghost to come in. We got water. We got robes. We want to baptize you in Jesus' name. But first and foremost, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Before we pray the prayer of faith, I just wanted to make sure I was in alignment with the word of God. Jesus went to raise a girl that was dead. And there was those that were laughing, they were skeptical, and they put them to scorn. Jesus put them out. I don't mean you any disrespect. But if you don't believe that the Holy Ghost is for you or for anyone that's in this room, I respectfully ask you to leave. It's biblical. If you're a skeptic, if you don't believe this is for you, if you don't believe it's for this day, this time, this age that we live in, leave those, do a favor for those that do believe they can get it and just leave. Take your doubt with you. Take your fear with you. Take your unbelief with you because I don't want you to hinder someone else's miracle. Pastor said it before we had our dream team huddle here and God has confirmed it to me time and time again that the greatest miracle God ever performs is filling somebody with the gift of his spirit. That miracle of speaking with other tongues, that, that seal of his spirit. Because why? Because he can remove cancer from your body and you go to hell. But you're not going to go to hell filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's corporately repent. It, it's not complicated. But I don't want to diminish what repentance is, so we're going to lift our hands as a sign of surrender. And we're going to say, Lord, I've made mistakes. I've made failures. My life is full of shortcomings, things that I've done wrong, things that I've thought wrong, things that I've said wrong. Lord, please forgive me. And Lord, I'm asking you that right now you would create in me a clean heart and that you would renew in me a right spirit and that, God, you would forgive me of things that I've done wrong, Lord and things that I didn't do that I should have done. Forgive me, Lord. Times when I fell short of what you wanted, God, please forgive me. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. So if you believe he's forgiven you, why don't you just begin to clap and give him some thanks for that forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that you're merciful. Thank you, Lord, that you're gracious. He's faithful to forgive. Amen. So now... He's washed us. He's cleansed us. He's forgiven us. 
Now lift your hands. Because you can't receive something with your hands closed. Amen. So you're going to lift those hands openly to God. And this is not biblical, but it's just something that you see. Close your eyes. Because what that does is it helps eliminate every distraction from the things that are going on around you. And it helps your mind to focus on God. So with your hands lifted, I want you to begin just to open your mouth. And, and here's what I want you to do. The Holy Ghost is not something that you've got to beg for. It's just something you've got to ask for. So if you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to just say, Father, I want the Holy Ghost. Would you please give me the Holy Ghost? If you don't ask for it, you won't receive it. But Father, fill us with your spirit. And now we're going to continue to pray. And I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. And you're going to get the Holy Ghost. If you've never received it, you're going to begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Father, those that have lifted their hands in worship to you, those that have repented of their sins, by the authority of the name of Jesus and by the power of your word, confirm it by filling them with the Holy Ghost now in the name of Jesus. Oh, I command you to receive the Holy Ghost right now, evidenced by speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Receive the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. That's it. Open your hands, everybody, individually. Would you lift your hands and open them up? Open them up. Don't get weary in your waiting. Don't get weary in the receiving of the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's for you right now. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, Truth Church member. Come on, guest that's in the house. Come on, all the way from the back to the front. Would you lift your voice to him? Come on, talk in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Don't muffle it. Don't stop it. He somebody beside you come on don't be invasive don't don't hurt anybody don't act crazy don't shake your hand on somebody's head I just want you to pray for somebody close to you I want you to believe right now the prayer of faith that's been spoken come on young people lift your voice young people lift your voice Come on, lift your voice. Let this begin, the love affair with Jesus Christ. Come on, young people. Let this begin, the love affair with Jesus Christ. It's never going to stop. You're going to fall in love with him over and over and over. 